This is the Tom Bernard Show. Sitting in for Tom, I'm Dave Schrader, along with... Catherine Brandt. Andy Brandt-Bernard. JB. And Mike Molina. We'll be back right here on the Tom Bernard Show. Walzer Automotive Group started in Minnesota over 60 years ago. Most people know something about the Walzer way. Upfront, no haggle pricing, work with one person from start to finish, or the free lifetime powertrain warranty on most vehicles sold in Minnesota. What you might not know is they are the only automotive group that is a member of the Keystone Club. They join such great Minnesota companies as General Mills, Target, Cargill, the Twins, Wolves, and Vikings in pledging 5% pre-tax profits to local charities. It's a great example of their core values. Do the right thing, display positive energy, be open-minded, and lead by example. So if you're in the market for a new or used car, check out walzer.com or stop into one of their dealerships. Please don't say, tell them Tommy sent you, because it sounds fake and I hate it. Walzer Automotive Group. Walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and <laughs> it's gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Riding along in my automobile. My baby beside me at the wheel. <laughs> We're back. This is the Tom Bernard Show. I'm sitting in for Tom Bernard. I'm Dave Schrader. You can check out my show at darknessradio.com. Tom will be back with you on Monday. Is he safely in the air now, Catherine? Uh, good question. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are close family. Was, I like that. Well, no, he was checking. He was calling me every 10 minutes when he first arrived in Punta Cana. I'm like, you do know you don't have an international calling plan. Ooh, Did you set ooh. one up before you left? <laughs> yeah. And he said, what's an international calling plan? <laughs> yeah. so, like, no, he didn't set up one. Wow, we learned that. I but... just stopped answering the phone because yeah. I didn't want a $5,000 phone mm-hmm. bill. That's, uh, yeah, that I said, ha- you can text me. I went to Romania. Texting, I think, is cheap. Six years ago and didn't realize all of that. I thought, oh, well, my phone's connecting. That's great. <laughs> I didn't realize you needed a oh. special plan for that. So. Well, that, that even Did- comes in effect in Canada. Yeah. Yes, anything outside of the United States, including Mexico. A lot of them are now folding Canada in. We've got America Light as part of our deal on (laughs) T-Mobile. So when I when I got into that, T-Mobile they do. Yeah, I said, uh, yeah, you know, I need to make some calls to Canada. Oh, that's just part of your plan. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. I said, well, what about Romania? I'm going back. No, that's not. You got to buy that separately. There's a couple of tips on international calling. There, you can everybody can use WhatsApp. They can download that, and then you can text for free internationally. 
Oh, really? Did you know that? I did not know that. Mm-hmm. See, that's helpful. I just wait till I get somewhere with internet access. <laughs> And then I just go on Facebook and well, yeah, yeah, I want you, to. you yeah. need to be on yeah, you need to be on Wi-Fi. But it's uh, you know how it works with mm. you know if you're Apple to Apple, you can do it. But if if you have different people with different plans, you can just do WhatsApp, and that's a good one. And then there's a calling, an international calling plan that you can go on Wi-Fi, and I cannot remember the name of it. It'll pop into my head soon. Well, AT and T has different rates for different countries, and they're very like. Almost arbitrary seeming. So Canada is five cents a minute, which isn't horrible. No, it's not good, but it's. Uh, but the Dominican Republic is seventeen cents a minute. Uh, but then there's things like Equatorial Guinea is two dollars fifteen a minute. Woo. Yeah, but then like Finland is nine cents a minute. That's pretty far away. Uh, Finland has a, a free Wi-Fi for everybody. Well, but why would they're that oddly, that wouldn't really affect their? They're oddly high tech. It does seem to be that the less developed the country, the more expensive it is per minute. Right, because they just don't have the right. Oh, equipment. and then you can call a GlobeSat, which basically means call a, a satellite phone, like you know, I'm lost in the mountains kind of thing. Oh, okay. uh, four dollars a minute. So don't well, uh, you're lost uh, in the mountains. Don't have a conversation on that one. <laughs> yeah. it's worth it. Dave Schrader, top of a mountain, come get me. Click. Yeah, right. That's what you yeah. do. Wow. Hey. Oh, which, what's, mo- which mountain? Marisat. What's Marisat PC? Hold on. Marisat PC. Look at all the yeah, new because, ways we can uh, keep in touch. Well, Marisat is another satellite thing, but this one is for ships and such. Ah. That one costs $10 a minute. Ooh. So yeah, depending on where you are, it can be very, very different. So yeah, People um, need to check that out before yeah, they I'd, travel. I'd look that up before you... Because like, if you're going to Canada and you're only going to be talking for 10 minutes, you know, that's 50 cents. Why bother getting a plan? Well, well all this international talk, Catherine, I have... Mm-hmm. My brother did the 23andMe. Right. Uh, Turns out you're relatives. Yes, we are. (laughs) Oh, good. Well, that's good. Almost 55% Nigerian, uh, 22% from Sierra uh, Sierra Leone, almost 6% uh, Kenyan, and 5% Scandinavian. Oh, so you're about as white as I am black. Yep. Yeah, it's weird just how a, that kind of thing happens. It, it must have been, you know, just like some Scandinavian, you know, merchant or something. Who knows? <laughs> Scandinavian well, it, merchant. It, it, that doesn't mean it's that long ago. I mean, it could... It, it shows you how long ago it was introduced. Did you look at oh, that? It does? Did you oh. look at the, uh, you know, timeline or whatever? No, I didn't do that. Look at him. Now he's, yeah. he's unfolding the entire... Well, you have to know, like, you have, you have to know where to look, but there's a thing that you can see, like, about how long ago that DNA was introduced based on, like, you know, how much it's uh, mutated, I guess. That's so, amazing. like, I can tell when um, my ancestors were in certain uh, places. Certain I will sign in and find out. That's cool. I'll, I'll be able to tell you uh, when they were in North Africa. That's mind-boggling. That they can be that accurate. Yeah, I know it's uh, pretty neat. I wonder how it it's going to affect. Really you know, cool. they, they, there's all these stories where um, uh, sperm clinics, right, where the artificial insemination clinics, they've now found that some of these guys have like replaced uh, donors with the doctors' semen. Yeah, and yeah. you got to wonder how many of these are going to run around. And that's got to be an interesting deal if you're in, a, in an area, a generalized area, and you're adopted. I wonder how many of those people are being encouraged to double check before they date. 
Oh, gross. Oh, yeah, it's I something suppose. to think about, right? Because if, if you got inseminated from this clinic, you're probably in that general vicinity. And if you grew up in that area, it might be good to know if you're about to link yeah. up with yeah. your sister or brother along the way. Oh. Yeah. You never know. Well, yeah, here we go. Uh, uh, basically, yeah, we started in both Finland and North Africa somehow. So there you go. I guess someone went somewhere. I guess... A North African went to Finland in 1720. That's a long way away. And then, yeah, I guess uh, we were Finnish and North African for almost 150 years. See? And then uh, we went to Eastern Europe, and that was that for the uh, black ancestry. <laughs> no more of that going on in Eastern Europe, Scandinavia. <laughs> and then they went to England, and then they went to America. It is. It's amazing how they can tell that kind of details from these... Little yeah. bits of information, right? And it was a what you spit in a cup. That's all. It's uh, just one yeah, spit in a cup. Yeah, I had a fourth great grandparent who was a hundred percent North African, born between seventeen twenty and eighteen ten. That's a lot more recent than I would think. That would mean that your parents, their like grandparents, great, could have been a hundred percent North African. Great so important maybe. note then when you get that email yeah. from the North African prince who's passed away <laughs> and looking to give you it's the It's probably my brother. Right, it's a real thing. You should accept that money, Andy. Don't just walk away from yeah, those emails. I'm an African prince who went to Finland and made my fortune there. Well, hundreds of families received troubling news this week after an unprecedented malfunction at a Cleveland egg freezing facility. Although the staff at University Hospital's Fertility Center hasn't yet figured out exactly how it happened, what's known is that the temperature in one section of a long-term storage tank filled with liquid nitrogen rose to unacceptable levels, mm. meaning it's now unclear whether the 2,100 or so eggs and embryos that are kept there, some since the 1980s, per the Washington Post, are still viable, says Patricia de Pompey, president of two UH hospitals. It's only clear if an egg or embryo is damaged after it's been thawed and implanted. Obviously, the situation that occurred here is devastating for the families involved, and it's devastating for our staff, Pompey tells NBC oh, News. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah, let's feel bad for the staff. 1980? Yeah, some people 1980? Are... What are you sitting on the fence that long for? I That's know. a long time, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it could be 80. <laughs> well, my oldest son is 1988. He was born in 88, right? And if maybe yeah. you were fighting a, a cancer at that time and you thought we might like to have more children in the future and you put it in there. And I'm only 50 now, so there are people that are still having kids at, at this age. So it's not so far removed from the idea you might have stored it at that point. And, and hoping to get that later. Or, you know, if I, I think some of the people, too, if I remember early on, they were encouraged to do it if there was, um, you know, like if, if you had a child and it had uh, health issues, mm -hmm. you might you might end up putting this in storage. Mm -hmm. So if there ever was a need for a matching donor, you could give birth basically to a, a donor farm. Uh, so that you'd have another uh, child that could, you know, supply. That's a, not legal yet. I don't like no, but I think. I, but there are people that have done that. I know they were talking about some of the people that they, you know, they had another kid to help save the first kid, and and uh, yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, that, that whole Thanks. idea of of just kind of culling and and uh, and and thinking forward, you know, with that idea is again. Then we're running into the whole yeah. controversy of what's fair and what's not. Should we be doing that? Should we pl be playing God? And you know, right. keeping keeping these uh, um, 
opportunities open. But, you know, and what do you do if, if you're given that option and you're said, hey, we might need to call. And, and sometimes, and I think in some cases, it was more like the stem cells from that next baby that could be used to help the first mm-hmm. child. Right. So um, I've heard that before. How long can you keep a, an embryo frozen? Technically, pretty much forever. Right. Really? But yeah, well, it costs money. You have to keep it that liquid nitrogen flowing or else it'll warm up, obviously. So, you know, if you have the tons and tons of money, then, yeah, go ahead. Well, when I used to do, uh, when I used to have horses and I used to, I used to freeze semen from the stallion, it wasn't expensive to keep it frozen. No? No. Well, I think semen doesn't need to be frozen. It just needs to be kept cool. Whereas eggs need to be like cryogenically frozen, which is really, really cold. Okay. So it's probably a different deal. Yeah. Well, it's like Alcor, right? You can, you can have your entire body frozen or just parts of you. So that if they ever figure out how to cure that uh, disease, they can bring you back later. Yeah, well, the current problem that they're trying to figure out is um, doing that necessarily causes uh, some microcellular damage right. to your brain. Like, I love the fact which that they Which they're basically that trying to figure out. They're trying to figure out how to unthaw people without giving them brain damage, which they've been making you that know progress on. Important piece of that. Puzzle. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, th- not only did they have to figure that out, but then they have to figure out how to cure what you had. So right. you know, well, it could the, be a while. The, the frost in the blood and in the veins was causing damage, irreparable mm. damage to the veins. So they had like that dog on display for a while that they brought back. Dog. They, they had uh, the dog passed away. They froze it and then revived it. And it like had one one eye wasn't working. It was basically, uh, you know, just mm. not, not very well Brain established. Damage? Yeah, but they were kind of using that as, hey, look what we can do now. Just imagine <laughs> in the future. Whoops. Who's buying into that contract? <laughs> yep, I'll do it. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I don't want to be brought back if there's any brain damage or missing eyes involved. No. 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 Well, that's it. Uh, th- you know, there are actual companies, and we've laughed about this, but there are actual companies where you can leave your entire estate uh, in a reincarnation plan so that if you come back, you can go back and claim all of that. And they give it like a 150-year hold that they're doing this on your on your bank on your money on all of your personal effects they'll store it for up to 150 years and you have to come back and give them the predetermined code word in order to get it back oh what if you forget your password oh no <laughs> exactly. well it's no difference than than our lives today right uh, we're uh, always fighting that uh, issue of trying to remember the uh the passwords uh we've got a guest who's joining us in studio right now and he'll be out at uh, acme comedy club i guess that's tonight tomorrow and sunday or are you just uh, doing friday and saturday friday and saturday yeah frankie and i'm gonna butcher your last name because i just yeah. can't do it <laughs> it's all good, right? how do you say this Qu- quinones yeah quinones yeah. hey not too good, bad right? for yeah, yeah, it's pretty good man. dumb minnesotan huh <laughs> frankie thank you for uh popping in so what are you doing tonight uh yeah tonight 8 p.m and at 10 30 and t- same thing tomorrow oh yeah. very cool very cool. Welcome to our uh, our warming state. I'm glad you could make it in for the spring. <laughs> yeah. Have you made it in here for the uh, warm weather months before, or is this your first? This is my uh, first first time. Really? Here. Yeah. Well, welcome. You picked a good weekend for that. <laughs> uh, you'll hear two other voices. They're telegraphing into our conversation. Uh, <laughs> okay, Catherine cool. and, and Andy are, are with us as well. Uh, not in studio right what now. What other voices? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where did that come from? Uh, there is, uh, yeah, so you've got these entire fertilized eggs now that are, are ruined, and they won't know if they're salvageable until they implant them. Yeah. Isn't that a little I too late? Like At this. what point? What's the structure level? Yeah. Or, like, you know, how do they know that they're not going to turn into embryos with, you know, they're totally messed up? 
mutant embryos. That's how the next wave. Starts. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, right. I don't like that idea. Flying babies with three heads. That's uh, that oh, is man. our zombie. Impo- yeah, the apocalypse. That's yeah. the next wave of uh, messing with genetics. Well, they've also got that deal where they're they're going in and flipping genetic codes. They figured out how to do that. They've done that on on chickens. Have you seen this special they did on? It was uh, like a National Geographic uh, deal. They were talking about how. Uh, Dinosaurs do still live today. They're birds. And to prove it, they went and they flipped the genetic codes on a chicken, and then they crack it open before it's born, and the, it's got teeth, and it's got scales. Oh, gosh. Right? What? So it's Yes. It's, and it's not just my sci-fi stoner times talking to you here, Catherine. It's a legitimate deal. <laughs> uh, but they were actually able to go Andy, and flip Andy, double-check. Make sure it's not his stoner times. It <laughs> isn't. I promise you. No, the, the fact that they can genetically modify this, and that's what they're saying is exciting about our future. They may be able to go in and dumb down or... or remove the the things that trip cancer cells or autoimmune issues so there is some good science to this but then again where do you draw the line i want a blue-eyed you know blonde-haired baby how do you flip those switches and it's not that hard anymore yeah we have to they're uh, gonna have to make it illegal because it will happen yeah they're not gonna make i think that i think that's the next wave it's gonna be genetic designer babies that's next on the tom bernard show (laughs) we'll be back with our special guest in studio Stay tuned. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you can relate to hanging out on the dock with family and friends. Let Flow enhance your experience with their rock-solid dock systems. You see, Flow's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make. Flow boat lifts are a breeze to level using a cordless drill with their patented easy level system. Flow is about making things easy, meaning you have more time to enjoy being at the lake. Isn't that why you go there in the first place? See for yourself why they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. Visit Flow at the Northwest Sports Show at the Minneapolis Convention Center, March 22nd through the 25th. Be sure to ask for the show special, where with a qualified purchase, you'll receive a free three-piece furniture set or free wireless remote. And mention you heard this ad on KQ for an additional $50 off a dock or lift system. To find out more about Flow Systems, visit their website at floeintl.com. Flow Docks and Lifts, a better way. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan. I've started up another round at the new Nutramost Plymouth location, and those unwanted pounds, they're going fast. Unlike any other weight loss program, Nutramost is so easy, and they guarantee that you'll lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. Nutramost has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you too. Nutramost of Plymouth is hosting a free informational dinner where you too can learn how to have success losing weight just like me. Neil Sheehy, Nutramost client and owner who played nine years in the NHL and is an agent to some of the NHL's current top players, will be at the dinner. It's Tuesday, April 3rd, 6 p.m. at Jake's City Grill in Plymouth, located around the corner from Nutramost, just off Highway 55 and 494. Space is limited, so call 763-333-7337 now to register. That's 763-333-7337. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Tom will be back in studio on Monday. Andy, did you do some fact checking on me? Did you find the <laughs> chickens? Yeah, that's true. They uh, see. They turned off the chicken's beak, and it became teeth. I mean, not like you know, it didn't turned have like you know, beak. it didn't have like you know, a big 
smile or anything. It just had some tiny little teeth. But right, it was still. growing, uh. growing t uh, uh, Rex teeth. I yeah. think they say chickens are the closest to a T Rex resident or, or relative that's out there. So see, we're not that far a removed chicken? from them doing it. Yeah. Chickens the most are pretty dinosaur. They're pretty uh-huh. primitive animals. Well, I mean, a look chicken. at look at how smart they are. I can see an eagle or something that actually, you know, kills things, but a chicken? Well, all birds are birds are the um back off. They're listening living. for you, Catherine. <laughs> now, we used to think that dinosaurs were reptiles, but now we think they were closer related to birds. Right. Oh. Weird. Yeah, so Jurassic Park is not quite yeah, right. Andy was talking on the break that they've. Uh, that you know, I said, well, why don't they just turn off violent streaks? Wouldn't that be a boon to society? And he said that they actually have that um, gene isolated. It's called the what, warrior. Yep, gene? warrior gene. Well, the longer they, your warrior gene is, the more uh, prone you are to violence. And the prisoners that are you know, incarcerated have yeah. a tendency to have a longer warrior gene. Yeah, so they have proven that, yeah. And we can turn off genes and, you know, such, but I don't think it's legal to do that to humans, and I don't think it ever will be. Why wouldn't it? You'd think if you could switch off that violent streak, why wouldn't we want to take advantage of that? Right. Frank, you imagine because how much easier are it would afraid. be to do comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, people are afraid of that kind of thing. We're still, you know, like stem cells and abortion. Those are all yeah, still, you all. know... And then, so this is even another level of that kind of, you know, playing God kind of thing. Well, you know what's happening. If we can't even get past the idea of stem cells, then messing with genes is not going to go over with the populace. They can't, they have to be doing it. There's got to be programs where they are already working on this. Yeah, somebody's doing it Well, you can do it to humans. We've done, we've been doing it to mice for decades yeah, You've been like, you know, could turn off their fur color or, you know, <laughs> yeah, make them do different things. But we've just never done it to a human because there's no law in place that allows it. That's what they want you to believe, Andy. They're manipulating <laughs> yeah. humans You're all that the probably... time. Oh, yeah. I think there's plenty going on. I think that they've been messing with the, the uh, genetics for quite a while. But again, then I'm just starting to go into some kind of weird, dark, uh, conspiratorial angle. But look, <laughs> kid, kids today are not like kids when I grew up, man. There is there is a scaring, uh, scaring. I'm trademarking that word. There's a scary <laughs> break that? <laughs> uh, that, uh, that has happened. There's just like some. Well, you guys know this, right? I mean, all of us in this room are within you know close proximity to ages of this. Where kids, when you were growing up, anything like the kids today? Yeah, I mean, you always had a couple of bad apples, but right now it's like complete disregard for any kind of adult or or uh, uh, authoritative figure. I think that's just our culture is really right. crappy right now. And the, and the people who should be checking that aren't doing it anymore. They just throw their, they throw their hands up and walk yeah. away. Well, I think also- well, teachers can't discipline. Um, parents don't discipline. And single motherhood is at an all-time high. And we're and pumping all those steroids things- into food like crazy right now, right? That's got to be causing roid rage. Chicken nuggets, quiet your kid, but then they're going to stab you in your sleep if you're not watching. <laughs> Dinosaur nuggets. <Yeah. laughs> well, Frankie, uh, welcome to the fun conversation that we're, uh, we're having here. <laughs> Yesterday, we were all about the end of the world. Today, we're just talking about the complete collapse of civilization and humanity as we know it. So uh, how are things going in the world of comedy? Good, good, man. I've been traveling around. It's my first time, to, first time here to this city, so it's been great, man. Good really? Time. You've never been to Minnesota before? Never been to Minnesota. First wow, time. Wow, very yeah. cool. <laughs> well, hopefully you'll enjoy it. We've got a good crowd here, good people. Oh, yeah, it's been great so far. Where'd so you just come from? 
Uh, I was in uh, Sacramento, Nashville, uh, Indianapolis, yeah, and then came here. Pretty, <laughs> pretty well received everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's been great, man. Very so far, cool. So. Very good. Are you seeing now? I, do you guys? I, when I've gone out to the comedy shows, I'm surprised because in Minnesota we've got a weird audience base in the sense that there are some things people just won't go out for. You can have the greatest thing, but if it's cold out, they won't go. Or in Minnesota, right. I noticed if you have to drive more than 25 minutes, they won't go. <laughs> but comedy places have been packed. Even I've gone on some of these nights when it's frigid out in the middle of a blizzard, and comedy places are still packed. That's got to be a good sign for the business. Yeah, yeah, man. I think it's in a good place. You know, probably because these uh, kids are all roided out and they want to get away from them and need right. to laugh. You know? <laughs> <laughs> or the parents yeah. need a break from the roided out children. Right, right. <laughs> Very cool. So uh, you've, you're doing the live shows tonight and tomorrow, eight and ten thirty at Acme Comedy Club. Yeah. Right. All right. What other big projects you got going on right now? Oh, man, we just wrapped a, a sitcom that uh, TBS ordered uh, 10 episodes of. We just finished about a week ago, so now it's just in post, color, and editing. And just me and some friends nice. started started a show out of our apartment, a web series, and it got picked up. And uh, they built a replica of our apartment in a stage in Burbank. And we just, uh, yeah, man, been So real-life Wayne's and, World. Yeah, I know, right? right? That's what I got. I was like, oh, dude, it's like Wayne's World. They nailed it, too. It looked exactly like our apartment. I was like, what the heck? It was kind of creepy in a way, but... Uh, it's just a bunch of us, uh, a bunch of no names, really. But then Annie McDowell hopped on, and she plays our neighbor. Uh, so she was like my first crush on Groundhog Day. You know? So I was like, I was like super nervous to meet her, but she was so down to earth and chill. <laughs> well, that's cool. So you get, just doing your own little web show, right? Having fun with that, and then they now did you approach them, or did they come to you and say? Hey, we like this. Yeah. We, we want to bring this out. A uh, production company got a hold of it, and they, they took a liking to it, and we were just uh, started showing showing it before shows in the L.A. area. Mm-hmm. And then a uh, production company really liked it, so they started giving us development money to keep making them. And then we got up to 10 episodes and got into a good place, and we started pitching it. And then, yeah, TBS and Comedy Central took interest, and we went with TBS. Yeah. So what's the what's the basis of the show, and when's it going to start airing? Yeah, we, that's the thing. We don't have a premiere date yet, so that's a little nerve-wracking, but... Uh, well, but I don't think real, they'd put the money in and do right. all the work they're doing. I know. I hope not. <laughs> we already shot the, 10 episodes. <laughs> yeah, Frankie and I, we're going to pass on that. We're doing this whole series about chickens that are really pterodactyls. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you just put little arms on them, they look like T-Rexes. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a really like, dry, subtle humor, just like ridiculous things happen in the world. Like, you know, Donnie, one of the main characters, gets a six-pack, you know, like a abs, six-pack abs. And we look at it like, he, you know, like he has cancer or something. Like, oh, my gosh. He's going to make everybody around him feel insecure about their bodies now. Like, we got to do something about this, you know. So, anyway, so we just start feeding him shakes and stuff like that. It's like. Because <laughs> you're good friends. Bring yeah, him yeah. back down to your right. level. Right, right. Dumbing down the health but, issues. I love that. You know, just resi- ridiculous topics like that, but we play it really straight and serious, you know. So, it's funny. <laughs> did they bring your entire original crew onto this deal, or did they have to replace a few players? Yeah, no, we're, we're uh, thankful that they let us. Uh, you know, we got a lot of other stand-ups in it, too, which is great, and. And, uh, you know, same thing happened with Corporate, which is the new show on Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a spot on that, too, uh, coming up on an episode. And, and those are stand-ups that wrote that show and sold it. So the stand-up, is, stand-up community is, is doing really well right now and, uh, you know, selling, selling TV shows, like making that move to TV. So it's good, man. <laughs> How long have you been doing stand-up? 
Uh, this will be 11 years this year. Wow, yeah. 11 years. Great. So you're about to break through, right? Yeah, yeah. I hope, man. You know, I was still uh, busting tables about a year and a half ago. So, But that's <laughs> great, what they Isn't it with comedy? They said it's like 10 to 11 years if yeah, you make it to that I, point. Yeah, that's with a lot of professions, you know, you got to put a good 10 years in. But uh, the morning, the day we found out that I, we got the t- uh, show picked up, our sitcom picked up, uh, I was de- I was literally delivering sandwiches right when I got the call. So, you know, I was delivering a sandwich to a college kid at U- the UCLA campus, you know. <laughs> so did you, like did 34 you get up? years old driving like <laughs> the john wrapped the sandwich wipe it on his door and say i quit yeah. and that was the end of it i was tempted to just open the sandwich and start eating it you know? <laughs> but, but no yeah yeah i told him i was like hey man you're my last delivery i just saw the show and he's like you, i don't know if he believed me but you should okay. you should autograph that jersey mike sandwich shop rapper for him tell him you're going on to the big time now <laughs> right. so does the uh, show have a uh name or is it still just a working title it's a well it's called my roommate my friend right now but you know there's a chance it could change so you know we're waiting to see just get that premiere date but yeah other than that just been working on a cartoon network show and getting getting work more and more work little by little so uh yeah yeah just trying to you know and then touring with stand-up so i'm just trying to you know hit the ground running and ride the wave as long as i can (laughs) do you like so you're doing voice work for is that pretty fun work to do yeah man it's so great like uh the first, well, the first like big opportunity I got was a. Uh, it was just by chance a producer came. We shot this short uh, stand-up series called Entre Nos on H for HBO Latino, and those are happening to be a producer there that does direct TV movies. Mm-hmm. He did an animated movie called Ozzy, and he goes, "Hey man, I think I got this role for you. Want to come in?" People say stuff all the time. It's like, ah, okay. But he ended up calling me. I went in and. They gave, they gave me like billing on it. It was cool. And it took me like an hour and a half, but it stars like it's like Je- Jeff Foxworthy's in it, Rob Schneider, and then myself, and then these other wow, uh, voiceover actors. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I didn't expect that. I was like, oh, hey, this is like a big deal. <laughs> Are you guys all in the same room doing it together? Or are they just no? We go you separate. Line, right? Yeah, we go separate like appointments, but you know, we got to meet like when the movie came out and stuff like that. So it was cool. Is it hard? I've always been fascinated by uh, animation and, and the voice work on it. Mm-hmm. If you're not in there with it, is it hard to play off of somebody that you're not? Are, are they playing back? Like Jeff Fox were these lines to you, or right? Yeah, else they just put it up. It? They put the animation up on a screen so you can kind of fill it out. Yeah, same with the Cartoon Network show. Even though it's still rough, they'll have like a black and white rough animation of it. And uh, you know, but in that in that uh, show, so are you the, trying to match your mouth to th- you're trying to match your words to their mouth at that point? Then no, no, no. They just okay. uh, you do you know they want you to do you and your you bring your personality out or whatever voice you're doing. They just try to give you the idea of what the scene is so you could you know do what you want with it or. Try to you know make it pop a little more, but <laughs> see that would be the most exciting to me, right? Be a TV star, movie star, that's great. I got to do voices for oh, cartoon. dude, voices that would be are awesome. You, know, you show up in your pajamas, get a coffee, <laughs> you're good, man. No makeup, wardrobe, nothing. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Uh, it's, and you're doing the show for which show on Cartoon Network? Uh, it's called Victor and Valentino. So it would be premiering later this year. Well, yeah. so you got a lot happening all at once. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. You know, good, good things are happening. So well, what's with the prayer? You yeah, yeah, I know, right? Like, hope it, the checks are already cashed. It doesn't matter yeah, yeah. if it errors, right? Who cares? And right. you don't have to deliver sandwiches anymore. Yeah, so. yeah, there know, you right? go. That's the that's the most important part. Yeah, I love that. What was it, Andy uh, Kaufman? Even with the height, of, like when he was in taxis, two or three seasons in, he's still bussing tables oh, at a yeah, restaurant. Oh no, man, that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Like show business isn't what people, a lot of people think it is. You know, I always I see people working at restaurants all the time. You see on TV, you're like, hey, wait, what? You know, because growing up, you see people on TV. I'm like, oh, they're rich. You know, but no, 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 but no man, it's little by little. Now just got five hundred bucks you know? for that job, yeah, yeah. for that day's work, and right. that's it, right? <laughs> well, that's awesome. Is this something you always wanted to do? 
uh, yeah, man, I was kind of always class clown and getting in trouble and always performing in front of my parents. And, you know, my parents always had stand-up on in the house, you know, when they were going through. That's how they got through, like, struggle and tough times with music. It was, they even, I would be six years old, they would let me watch, like, George Carlin and Paul Rodriguez, Richard Pryor, you know, Eddie Murphy. And so I kind of took, it was inspired by it. So, yeah, I kind of always wanted to do it. And then eventually just, you know, grew the courage to go start hitting open mics and not being funny and just getting through it and getting better. Yeah. <laughs> How do you do that once you get up there the first time and you're just not funny? How do you push yourself to try it again? <laughs> oh, man, I well, it's because I got like one or two giggles, maybe. So oh. I'm like, oh, oh there's <laughs> hope. You know, I have something. Maybe, but, uh, but yeah, man, I was so nervous. And I had to like drink five beers just to get, get the nerve to get on stage in front of six people. You know, <laughs> you worked out two minutes, but when you get up, you're motor mouthing it through 28 yeah, seconds exactly. and you're done. <laughs> Hey, one of my parents, right? Hi, my car is not working. Huh? Right. <laughs> you guys get it, right? Is it relatable? Yeah. <laughs> I've gone into the Acme and, and some of the others when they do the open mic nights. I love watching that because you can see when you've got the, the guys that have figured out their steps. They're starting to get it. Right. And then you see the new guy who's like fresh off the boat for this, and he gets up there, and it's 100 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. And just that eye contact. He can't, like, every place in the bar he's looking around. It's, <laughs> right. you got to enjoy watching that, too, right? There's got to be oh, some yeah, just man. fun, chaotic energy to watching comedians do that oh man i love it man you know and i love to see a comic get go from there to getting better and improving you know like over years it's you know it's uh it's cool to see it as firing but right off the bat bat you know you have i you know you got my i want you to succeed if i see it because i'm a stand-up fan man i want you to succeed just because you have the courage to get on stage i'm like all right so you got but then but then you see those guys yeah like yeah so anyways and they can't even look at you they're (laughs) looking at the ground it's like oh man come on guy (laughs) you can do this take a breath take a breath Walking them through it, you're going through the labor pains of uh, with them, right. and it, when when you get up and you start cracking that shell, and like you said, it was kind of a drug, right? You heard those first couple of giggles, yeah, 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 for sure. And then that's yeah. it, right? There's oh, no man. more. That's, that's it. it. I need to do that. that. That's the high, you know. That's uh, when you can look out in a crowd, and you know, last night we did a show and it was really good here, and there was this, uh, there was this man. I mean, he must have been at least 75, 80 years old, and he sat right front row. And I, I do characters on stage too, and I even do a female character. And I'm like, oh, let's see how this, uh, uh, you know, let's see how this crowd uh, deals with this. And then I uh, came out, and they were this guy was like literally falling out of his seat. You know, he's just like dying, laughing, or I don't want to say dying, right? But, you know, <laughs> but, not uh, at his age. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it was so good to see it. I'm like, yes, baby. You know, that's the that's the high right there. Yeah, you gotta like that too when you realize that it's not just one part of the populace you're hitting. It's not just teens or women. Or when you see the entire audience reacting to what you're doing, right, right, that right has got to be just a, 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 a silly drug, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right, we've got a lot more to talk about. We've got more news stories coming in. Frankie Quinones is our guest. I know I'm butchering the name again, Frankie. I apologize. No, you can smack good, me man. during the break. Uh, we'll talk more. We'll uh, we'll discuss this and uh, keep you abreast. Remember, check out Acme Comedy Club tonight and tomorrow, 8 and 10.30. We'll be back right here on the Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here. If you're ready to sell your home, you've probably heard that you should wait until spring. But why wait for temperatures to rise when the market is hot right now? Not selling in winter is a total myth. Truth is... Buyers are hungry, and while other sellers and real estate agents hibernate, the Chris Lindahl team is selling homes like hotcakes. Chris has done a great job. We have our house on the market with Chris right now, as a matter of fact, and the video he did is amazing. The Chris Lindahl team is America's number one REMAX results team for a reason. They play to win, and they've got the skilled players to sell your home fast. In fact, they sell a home on average every nine hours for over the MLS average. Don't wait until spring to sell your home. Call the Chris Lindahl team at 763-401-SOLD. That's 763-401-SOLD. The first two callers will get a free staging package. This is a huge value, and it's only going to the first two Tom Bernard Show callers from this ad. 
That's 763-401-SOLD. Call now, get the free staging package, and grab the opportunity before winter is over. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Dave Dark, had to step out. Yeah, Darkness Dave had to step away just for a short sec, uh, second here. But um, so uh, JB's taking over. Yeah, well, somebody's <laughs> got to try. But we were just so uh, Frankie. Go ahead. Yes. Do you put an Enya in your name? Because I'm not seeing one, but you pronounce it like that. Yes. No, there is an Enya. No, uh, just most people don't type that because they don't know how. Yeah, I think that's what it is, and I don't know. Sometimes I just miss it. You know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, it's like on Twitter. You're no Enya in your name. Maybe you can't do it on Twitter. Quinones. Yeah, you know what? You can't do it on like the Instagram handles or or Twitter. It used to be not oh. not to be able to do it at all. You know, I'm, I'm probably showing my age a little bit, but uh, you couldn't. You know, you couldn't put an Enya back in the day. So I think that I don't know. I just got used to it. Back <laughs> <laughs> when Twitter was young. Yeah, but you can put emojis anywhere. <laughs> so where did you grow up? Uh, I was born in Los Angeles. I uh, lived there when I was little. And then uh, we moved to Ventura County, which is an hour north of, of L.A., uh, kind of a suburb of L.A. And then I finished high school in San Francisco, and I lived there for 15 years. That's where I started comedy. Uh, now, you know, now I'm back in uh, living in Hollywood, and the east side of Hollywood. Yeah. So you were Mr. saying... Cal- Mr. California. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. West Coast, I guess. You, yeah. you were saying about your parents always having stand-up on. Yeah. What, so what do they think of your act and oh they love it man i mean they couldn't be couldn't be more supportive you know definitely grateful for that they, they inspire a lot of my material too i talk about family and voices and storytelling that's mo- mostly my deal yeah <laughs> well it's it's an endless uh it's an endless pot of uh routines and whatnot right right family can be oh yeah <laughs> were you from a Small or large family, or uh, well, you know, I, you know, I got a lot of cousins, obviously, but uh, yeah, my immediate family, just my sister and I, and my mom and dad, yeah, and so, uh, you know, so, and my mom and dad still don't have any grandchildren; their lives revolve Uh-oh. around grand. Yeah, they're just like on me, man. It's like never ending. <laughs> you know, my mom drinks her wine, and she's just like, you know, I talk to them every day. They're in heaven, waiting to tumble down upon me. You know, and I'm like, oh my god, man, it hurts. You know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So, so no pressure on your sister at all? Yeah. Or what? Well, that's the thing. My sister just got married uh, last year uh, on May second, back in San Francisco, and you know we had. See, go- she caved. She caved. Yeah, yeah, she did. And they're planning to have kids, so I'm like, come on, come on, have a kid, get this pressure off, you know. And, um, she married this great dude, man. You well, know, just that's good. Yeah, yeah. You always want your. Um, you always want your siblings to have good spouses. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, could it be better? It's funny. She never like dated. Uh, uh, she, she she never dated white dudes. And first white guy she did, she ends up marrying him. He couldn't be a better dude. And he's like blonde haired, blue eyed, you know, but down full of familia and everything. So I'm like, all right, dude, welcome, welcome to the family. <laughs> uh, and that went over well with the family. 
Oh yeah, okay. yeah, dude. Yeah, oh, they they love him, man. Right. You know, now when the our family barbecues got to control and the cops come, you know, we have it's our like, guy. You know, I you know. <laughs> like it's funny because uh, my neighborhood is all Mexican, Mexican American, Latin American, and they call me Gringo. Oh, in, in a good way, in a good way. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, 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 hey, Gringo, what's up, man? Like, yeah. I mean, oh. <laughs> Dave's back. <laughs> oh, sorry. I killed the conversation. <laughs> Shh, Dave's back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. On the immortal words of Tom. I'm talking about him. Yeah. <laughs> no, we were talking about his upbringing and family and the pressure he's having to deliver grandchildren. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Grand, you look like you're about 22. Tell him to relax. No, Give no, a man, time. no I am not 22. That's no. <laughs> yeah, they're not grand- grandchildren are not all the great shakes they need to be, right? Just uh, enjoy enjoy the youth and enjoy what you're doing. Right, so right. a lot of pressure. How many brothers and sisters? Just my sister. Yeah, yeah. Just your sister. So there is a lot. She, I was telling them she just got married and they're planning to have kids, so I'm like, let's do it. You know, That's good. Get you off the uncle. hook, huh? Right. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> here's, uh, here's a good story for you. Uh, mom and sister have been charged after a body has been found with sheep heads. Whoa. Wait, what? Right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, Jacob so ritual. So wait, no, the not. body has a sheep's head? Uh, or? Let's find out. Jacob Milson killed after family dispute, police say. And uh, here we go. When 29-year-old Jacob Milson vanished in Colorado nearly three years ago, friends knew exactly where to look. Literally days before he went missing, he told us if anything ever happened to him, it was his family. One friend uh, tells CBS Denver, they're now celebrating the arrests of Milson's mother, sister, and brother-in-law, though uh, getting to this point wasn't easy. According to police, Deborah Sue Rudabaugh, age 68, initially claimed her son disappeared on his own accord back in May of 2015, leading her to craft a will that left the family's 700-acre ranch in Parlin to her daughter, Stephanie Jackson, 33. The story changed when authorities found Milson's body among sheep heads in a pit at the $3 million ranch in July of 2017, <laughs> per the Washington Post. Rudabaugh then attempted to shooting her son while, she, uh, or while he slept, or she admitted, rather, to shooting her son what? while he slept on May 16th, 2015. This is, Why this, didn't she like him? So your family pressure's a lot less know. than this one, though, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Frankie? Yeah, I'm okay, man. <laughs> Rudabaugh, says, told police she'd actually removed Millicent from a will in April, leading him to become physically and verbally abusive. Per the Post, she said she killed her son in fear for her own life before moving Millicent's 170-pound body to a manure pile and then to the pit. <laughs> but police doubted a 70-year-old woman recovering from gallbladder surgery could have managed this feat alone and discovered that Jackson deleted a text shortly after 3 a.m. on May 16th that read, It's time to play. Jackson and her husband allegedly eventually admitted... They helped Milson's murder and moved his body, reports the Denver Post. David Jackson, 34, faces charges including accessory to murder and tampering with a body, per the AP. His wife and Rudabaugh are charged with first-degree murder. Yeah, I saw a, oh I, gosh, I saw a different dude. version of this, of this story, and it said that she was, the mother was dying of cancer. So, so she's trying to take the heat for it now. Right, yeah. Because that that removes it uh, off of the daughter and the uh, son-in-law, right? But they showed a. I was telling Dave they showed a picture of the barn, and on the side of the barn was every skull of every animal known to man, nailed uh, to <laughs> nailed to the side of the barn. So it's like the end of Predator Two when Danny Glover's in the ship and he sees all the skulls against right. the wall. Oh God! It didn't give any real motivation other than the fact that they argued. 
Well, sometimes that's all it takes, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> but if, see, we got to get rid of that violence gene. And you better, you better be careful. Gene. Mom knows what the score is now. <laughs> but I um, the other thing I was telling Dave about this story, his friends stayed on top of the authorities, telling them, "Nope, it's the family. Nope, it's the family. No." But if you saw the pictures of these friends, you would go, "They don't look like guys who would give a damn. They don't." They, they, I mean, you're know, long-haired, you know, wilderness stoners, you know, who you just, you know, probably out there shooting everything that moves and. <laughs> are, you, are you profiling stoners that shoot everything that moves? <laughs> I don't know many stoners that shoot stuff. Do you? Just shoot it, man. Just shoot it. <laughs> you eat it. I'll cook it if you kill it. <laughs> Wow. That move. Yeah, so just, but <laughs> that's the thing, though. Most of those uh, guys were sons of anarchy, right? I mean, they look like, they don't look like the kind of guys, according to your methodology, <laughs> right. that would watch each other's back, but they certainly were all about it. I know right. it's TV, Dave. Get yeah. out of TV world. TV's but not no, real, Frankie. Those, you know those were the guys who helped crack the case. Well, that's good. Somebody Man. stayed on it. Right. How bad when, when the parent, or when your friend is telling you, hey, yeah. Guys, by the way, if, uh, if anything happens, it's my family. <laughs> it's my family. <laughs> oh, you think it's, it's a joke, right? right. <laughs> yeah. It's my 70-year-old, 70-pound mom. <laughs> oh, man. Well, didn't, didn't, o, didn't, OJ, didn't Nicole, um, OJ's ex-wife, didn't she tell everybody that he's going to kill her? And, oh, yeah. and leave a note oh, yeah. saying mm-hmm. that, yeah, if I'm ever murdered, it's OJ? Yeah, but to be t- you, right. Yeah, right? and, and that, that's going to be your first stop for these kind of cases then right when you know that's what's popping but uh yeah in this case hey man if anything happens to me it's my mom and yeah, sister yeah. that's why are yeah, you staying my there? mom's dying from cancer so i think she's gonna kill me yeah you know? at what point do you think maybe i just need to move out on my own <laughs> right the free yeah, rent is not worth the rent. Right? why not just leave man dude i mean oh. three million dollar ranch i mean i don't know well, for some yeah, reason, the mom dying for. Her. Yeah, the mom did not want him to inherit anything. It sounds like. Well, she said they they said they re- he was removed from the will already, right? Or, right. Well, no, it was it prompted her to remove it and, and leave the will or leave the the seven hundred acre farm or whatever to her uh, daughter. Oh, okay. But wouldn't you? I, I don't. For the record, if you're at the point you want to kill me, I think Nicole Remini mentioned this yesterday. How about you just you know. If you want to cheat on me, you want to lie to me, you want to kick me out of the will, how about you just tell me my options? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Right. I can, <laughs> I can, I'm going to take you out of the will, um, or I can kill you. Yeah. Which one? <laughs> you know, I'm going to go with, just take me out of the will. I'll just forget. I don't need this stuff that much, right? Give me the option, at least. That's all I'm asking. I mean, I would love to see how that relationship just operated on a day-to-day. I Do mean, you really? Be, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm just like, what led to that? I mean, like, they felt that that was their only option. we got to kill him? Right. Wow, that's what scares yeah, me most about people. Right, it's, when you just when you as well, he's got to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't need him. That's some deep rooted family <laughs> problems, my friend. Yeah. So I now, mean, I, I, like I was saying, I guess now your pressure to have babies doesn't seem as bad, does right. it? <laughs> yeah, right. Now mom comes to you and says, "You know what? Yeah. We really like some grandchildren, right, or right. we're going to have gonna to get, get rid of you. <laughs> you need to get somebody pregnant asap, or uh, we're going to murder you." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about performance anxiety. <laughs> oh God, that's horrific. Uh, well, uh, I don't know that families like that. You, you watch some of these cases, and again, I watch way too much true crime TV. 
and you start hearing these families. And, you know, it's one thing when they're like totally normal family and all of a sudden one day somebody just snaps. But then when you see some of these families are just like so twisted and dysfunctional and you think, why at some point do one of you just not walk away (laughs) and end this relationship? Wasn't it the Menendez brothers that did that too? Did they murder their parents? Yeah, their parents allegedly. And Beverly Hills too. Isn't yeah? Isn't there a show coming on about that? It's already been out. Yeah, I think it's like Law and Order. Yes, Blood Brothers. Blood Brothers. Oh, yeah, and they did a they did a whole like Law and Order series on him, right? Yeah, Petey Falco was their uh, defense attorney. Oh, I wanted to watch it. I, I didn't even know it was out yet. It's on Hulu now. I think you can find <laughs> Probably it. Probably four years ago. No, yeah, it was just this last year. It was just what? like Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's recent. Yeah, anymore. right within this yeah. last season, I think they oh, just okay. wrapped it up. But uh, yeah. I think that would be interesting to watch that one. They're going to be get, going into a lot of the in-depth cases like that. Kind of like, the, I think they started that with the OJ one. Yeah. The, yeah, the, the OJ one they, did well. The one they're uh, doing now is Biggie and, and Pox. Murders. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, they oh, also got on, the one uh, about yeah. uh, Andrew Cannon and... With the Versace, oh, yeah, right, they did right, that right. one too. Yeah, Ricky Martin's in that, right? Yep. Good to see him back and working again. I'm excited to see that uh, that OJ interview. Are you? No. I, I don't know. Maybe. Wait a minute. He's stand having another soon. interview. No, they're finally releasing that footage from the "If I Did It" oh. kind of interview. I guess yeah. it's this Sunday the one that got on Fox. Canned, yeah. yeah, so you right, can you can check it out for yourself. But basically, the way they cut the the promo for it is crazy because he's like sitting there in the chair and he's just looking at only one person really knows what happened that night. And he's like, you know, it's the way they got him to do it. I don't know that I would do that knowing that the world already hates me. I don't think you can pay me enough money to make me sit down and walk through that. Uh, and, and, I OJ guess he basically, yeah, he yeah, basically he, confessed well, no, to the No, he's not getting any money from because the, the court handed over the rights to, if I did it, to uh, the Goldmans. Right. And so I don't know, I don't know if he gets a piece of that still or how that works, but. I know that that's why it's coming out because the father of Ron Goldman well, finally I, gave it to right. him. I know they couldn't oh, touch okay. his NFL pension. Right. So yeah, he gets, we we're talking about that. He's getting around twenty-five grand a month for that. Yeah. Says here, O.J. Simpson allegedly confessed to the 1994 murders of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman. The publisher of his 2006 book about the killings claims in a new TV special. Twelve years ago, Simpson sat down with former HarperCollins publisher Judith Regan for an interview to promote the disgraced football star's uh, controversial book. If I did it. In the book and the interview with Reagan, which was slated to air on Fox at the time, Simpson spoke about the night his ex-wife and friend were brutally murdered. But Simpson's account never went public. The publishing company ultimately decided to not move forward with the book, and Fox did not air the interview. Reagan was fired from HarperCollins for agreeing to publish Simpson's hypothetical account of how he would have committed the murders. But now Reagan is speaking out in uh, a new Fox special, O.J. Simpson, The Lost Confession. In the special, Reagan talks to journalists uh, Soledad O'Brien about dealing with Simpson and his legal team, and she says that the former football star admitted to committing the crimes. In a deleted clip that they obtained for uh, TMZ, Reagan recalls how Simpson's team reached out to her. I received a phone call from an attorney who said that OJ was ready to confess, Reagan says, and actually I thought it was some kind of scam and didn't believe him. And I thought, this guy's a lunatic, but I took his number and I said I'd call him back. So they've got this video footage. They're finally going to release it. Uh, We are going to go to a break here, top of the hour. We will be back. And again, uh, check out Frankie Quinones at Acme Comedy Club tonight and tomorrow, 8 and 10.30 p.m. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Tom Bernard Show.